Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Just the second punt of the day for Philadelphia. Here's Sipos. Low sinking kick. Tony on the run. Still up on his feet. Tony has a wall. It's another block. Tony inside the 20. Tony still going and he's down to the five. Mahomes in trouble. Gets away. Mahomes racing with the bad ankle and all. Inside the 20 and he's taken down. Somehow Patrick Mahomes. Here we go. Hurts. As all day, now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Man, one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to take it home this year. Not a single one. Feel that. Feel it. And on top of that, next time the Chiefs say something, put some respect on our name. All right, there's your recap of the whole Super Bowl. If you missed it, just listen to the highlights right there. A couple minutes of fun. Didn't get to hear Charles's voice in that clip, but you get to hear it now. It's time to talk to our favorite guests on a Monday as well. What a treat. It's Charles Davis, our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online. And in the showroom, visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Charles Davis, NFL and CBS color analyst who called the Super Bowl for NFL Films International. How's it going this morning, Charles? It's going great, eh? Listen, Justin, how are you guys doing today? We're good. We're having fun breaking down the Super Bowl this morning, which was a, a pretty great game. I think it impressed and brought thrills from all levels, including Rihanna, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> oh, let's start with that. Were you oh, yeah. eye le- were you eye level with Rihanna there? If you were calling the game up in the in the box, was she like eye level with press row? Yeah, you know what's 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 crazy about it is when I do a regular game, you know, you have the main booth, and that would have been obviously. Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson had that. And with most of the newer stadiums now, um, you go way back in the in the old days. Sorry about the noise, guys. I'm at the airport. Okay. And they love to make a million announcements that mean nothing, <laughs> which drive you absolutely crazy. But when you're at the old stadiums, they always used to put you way at the top. Bird's eye view, they thought that was the best. Everybody knows now more mid-level is better. So that's where they are. But when you are the accessory broadcast team, Right, the adjunct broadcast team, you're way up there again. So at one point, I did feel like I was eye level with Rihanna when she was coming down on the floating stage. That's pretty good. And I was like, that is pretty cool. And then I thought, is she pregnant? Mm-hmm. No, just kidding. I mean, <laughs> she, she announced it to us all, obviously. I didn't get that right away. But the floating stages were off the charts. There's a crazy. I just kept thinking to myself, anyone who has any fear of heights could not be in that act last night. Mm -hmm. And if you did have it and you were able to overcome it, more power to you. Because I was afraid for them. (laughs) But I thought, watching it, I thought, you know, everything was great, the choreography. But what I really liked was the backup dancers' outfits. They looked like druids. You know, everybody had the white with the hoods (laughs) up. And I thought, not bad. That is kind of a cool look for them. And then I wondered, do you get to keep the outfit? Because that's kind of cool. Admittedly, Charles, I did make the mistake of wondering aloud if Rihanna was pregnant. At my Super Bowl party, that was met with uh, 
a chorus of criticism. So, uh, yeah, but and, uh, and turn, and turn, turn, turned out, turned out, you can go back to that Super Bowl party and go, uh, yeah, owed an apology, but because... like that's a, that you, that's the ending you want, or that's the result you want. You want her to, in fact, be pregnant if you do wonder that aloud at any point. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, absolutely. And, and thank goodness her people confirmed it for all of us afterwards because you weren't alone. You just voiced it. And I know we all make the mistake and sometimes blurt things out in the wrong crowd. And I've been there. You get pummeled. You get beat down. But guess what? You're victorious. You triumph. <laughs> Proud of you, man. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. Uh, no features. Was it better that way? Say again now? No features. No Jay-Z. Oh, no you, Drake. Oh, you mean? Yeah. Was I was fine. Way. I was fine with. I was fine with that. I know a lot of people would have liked to have seen a bunch of people come out and do their thing, and I got it. But I thought she has enough catalog, and let's not forget, she hasn't been out there for a long time. I think she decided if I'm going to come back and do this thing, I'm doing it alone. Now I will tell you what my major criticism was, and it's really a personal one. But I don't want to hear anything. By Kanye West, I don't want to see anything mm. by Kanye West. I was scared I don't for want a moment. Kanye West to exist. I don't even want him to exist. Yeah. And the idea that with her playlist and with her extensive catalog, that she needed to use one of his songs just flabbergasted me. Yeah, I was a little now, terrified that he was song, coming out. The, oh God! Now, if he had done that, the Super Bowl would have been canceled. Mm. Okay, so they're, they're not quite that stupid. But the idea that you even bother with flirting with him being you know his name rolling off of someone's tongue for what reason i get the song it kind of fits the moment right the bright lights the super bowl the whole deal last time i checked rihanna's playlist and catalog it's pretty deep okay. i think she could have come up with something else and so i have to admit at that moment i was like are you kidding me and that's just a personal thing that's just me a lot of other people are like no no this is I think I'd never want to even utter his name, a thought. I banned my children from buying any of his stuff probably 10 years ago because I thought he was a wreck then. And by the way, Justin, like you're going to go back and be owed an apology? Everybody told me I was wrong owes me an apology. Yeah. I nailed that one. Yeah, you definitely did. Uh, it was a little surprising to hear. And uh, you're right. The flex of her performance was that she had so many songs that she could have, you know, r- rolled right through the catalog and uh, she could have probably gone on for another 20 minutes. But it did get to the second half and the second half was outstanding. It may have been a little bit of an anticlimactic finish, uh, but the Super yeah. Bowl and the competition from wire to wire pretty much was spectacular. Where do you think that Super Bowl ranks among the great ones that we've witnessed? Oh, arguably the best. It's going to be, you know, and recency always takes you into that, right? I remember I was in Minneapolis for the Eagles Eagles and uh, Patriots. And you know their similarities? Both, team, both games featured one team that scored every time they touched the ball in the second half. Last night, Kansas City did it. In that game, Philadelphia did it. Both of them won the ball game. The comeback now, Kansas City's last two Super Bowls. I mean, last year's Super Bowl wins, right? Because they got pounded in Tampa when they ended up playing um, playing Tampa, of course. But when they won against San Francisco, they came from 10 down, all right, in the, in the fourth, quarter, fourth quarter. Last night, second half, started 10 down, came back and won. Their numbers of coming from behind and finding ways to win are really extraordinary. And I do think that Kansas City is a team that's seen with, uh, as, as a flash and dash team and rightly so because of the offense, because of Mahomes. 
but if you watch them play this year, Mahomes' touchdown passes, whatever number he threw, somewhere around 30 of those touchdowns were 10 yards and less in the air. Okay, so it's a different style of ball that they played this year. No Tyreek Hill, adjusting to the new receivers, Kelsey being the primary as usual, but even more so. Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield with nine touchdown catches. Those things were, were, were different. But I think people just miss the grit, the toughness of this team. It's existed for a long time, but was really on display and really embodied through Mahomes playing through the ankle injury. But it's not just him. They were down 10 and getting run. I mean, think about it now. If Nick Bolton doesn't pick up the fumble by Hurts in the first half, that's a decided advantage for Philadelphia. They were dominating on the clock, running the football, throwing the football. You name it. The time of possession was huge. And then I looked up, and I looked over at Ian Eagle, my broadcast partner at the time now, and I said, I know that you're always ahead and behind because you're a lot smarter than me. But I'm watching this game, and it's felt like Philadelphia – has been up 7 to 10 points, maybe even more for a long time. And Kansas City has the ball right now with a chance to take the lead. Did I miss half of our game? And he just kind of shook his head and said, no, it's one of those nights. And sure enough, they score, and the race was on from that point on. So that second half, obviously, Mahomes comes out with the ankle injury, finds a way to win. Now he's got two Super Bowl MVPs, two Super Bowl wins, two NFL MVPs coming off that the night before. Um, we talked about this with you last week. We said, which quarterback has the most to gain? Which one has the most to lose? And you love that question. Yeah. Um, and, and Patrick yeah. Mahomes, you know, finds a way to keep writing this legacy. Has anybody had a better first chapter in their NFL career than Patrick Mahomes? You know, hard to say. Hard to say anyone has had a better one because you put the whole thing together. You know, the early years of Brady and the Patriots, he was he was a, a he was the quarterback leading them, but that first Super Bowl, he didn't exactly win that Super Bowl. He had a good drive late, but his numbers weren't off the charts, and they weren't like that. And then as he kept steadily on, he became more and more the feature guy and became the greatest of all times as we've seen. But Mahomes, right from sitting the first year, playing one game that year because they're going to the playoffs and sitting Alex Smith, and then taking over and dominating from that point on. I'm not sure we've had anyone hit like this. And again, I'm a little worried about my recency. <laughs> I'm a little worried that I'm sitting here watching it in front of me. And, uh, you know, I'd have to go back and, and check Otto Graham and Sammy Baugh and, and all the other greats that played before. Montana didn't hit quite like that either, although he won a Super Bowl early, you know. But the numbers, that's what they keep coming back to. Now, one thing we have to throw in there, we do play the NFL game differently than those guys did. You know, the running game's not what what it was, uh, you know, relying on the running backs, drafting a running back in the first round. Now you're, like, looked at like you're crazy for doing it. Back then, you couldn't wait to do it. So things have changed that way. But he, he, he deserves to be in every conversation about how it started, where he goes. And I said last night to our international audience, if Patrick Mahomes walked off the field last night and said, that's it, I'm done, if I had a Hall of Fame vote, I'd still vote him first ballot for his career right now. That's how good he has been to me.
So one of my thoughts at the end of that game, kind of, you know, the last 90 seconds, kind of excruciating, especially if you wanted the Eagles to win, um, was, man, like, this is such a charmed existence that the Kansas City Chiefs and their fans live in, right? Like, how does that call go Kansas City's way? And how do they get to the Super Bowl on a 15-yard penalty that never should have happened and was so egregious? And then I was reminded when, when I was thinking about that penalty in particular, like Jalen Hurts, there was a couple moments where he's tiptoeing the line and there's a complete blow-by yep. by a, a Kansas City Chiefs player. And they just fail to make the same mistakes that other teams seem to always make. Right. And I think that's a big part of how they are successful. That's a big part of what separates them from other great teams. So do you do you ascribe like the discipline and the mistake-free nature that the Chiefs play with as one of the more underrated or lesser talked about aspects of what makes them truly special? I think, Justin, I think it's a big part of it because how Indy Reid coaches the team, how he lets Steve Spagnuolo and Eric Bieniemy have a big say in the offense and the defense, obviously. Um, they don't make that major mistake. I'm coming here for, you know, obviously I'm at the Phoenix airport now, and they also have the big waste management golf tournament, which everybody loves for the par three and, mm-hmm. you know, how crazy it gets and the whole deal. But the reason I bring that up is you mentioned make, not making a mistake and letting everybody else make it. That was how Tiger Woods was fantastic. He didn't make the big mistake. He let you make it, and then he jumped on you. Kansas City, think about last night. Philadelphia up 14-7, Hurts with football. They go quarterback draw. He's shifting the ball from one hand to the other. It just falls out of his hands, and then he kicks it. And guess what? <laughs> Nick Bolton's going the other way. Now, there's going to be a ton of talk about the calls. I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? We know everybody's going to do that because people can't wait to jump on the officials. I get it. First quarter, Juju Smith-Schuster's running a route across the middle. Gets hooked from the backside. No call. And I'm like, okay, they're going to let him play tonight. This is what we're going to get. Late in the ball game, we get James Bradbury. Everybody's freaking out. My understanding is that, you know, and and understandably so, a lot of people said, you don't make that call in that situation. Well, the way the officials are taught, the first quarter is called in the fourth quarter. Well, they didn't make the call they should have made in the first quarter, but they didn't make it in the fourth. And the crazy part is, I know, you know, if you're from Philadelphia, you're, you're losing your mind. Why are you making this call? What's going on? And Bradbury comes out in the postgame presser and goes, <laughs> yeah, I hooked him and held him. I just hope that, I, I just hope that they would let it go. Okay, At least so he's honest. Just, ah, right there. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's my point. Everybody's going to have all this, this, this thing. The man involved said, yeah, I did it. I just thought they would let it go. Now, let's go out throughout the ball game. We want to get breakdown calls. And listen, I'm not a Kansas City apologist by any stretch, okay? Because I just want this game to be in a, a, in a position where both teams have a chance to win. And I thought it was that way last night. How many times did Lane Johnson jump early at the right tackle position to get into pass block situation? Mm-hmm. And that was never flagged. Orlando Brown jumped that one time, bam, nailed it, Okay. <laughs> Do you guys really think Dallas Goddard caught that ball on the sideline and got both feet in? Did he really have control to have a second foot in? The reason I think that it stood is because it was called correct. It was called catch on the field. And you know that's your standard. What was called on the field, can you overturn it? I think if they had called it incomplete, that would have been the standard and would have stood as incomplete. That's how close it was. Truthfully, I didn't think he caught it and had possession to get a second foot down. What about, what about the Devontae Smith Calls one? Calls are going to go that way. What about the Devontae Smith one? He didn't Smith catch one? it. 
Really? He, he, he didn't catch it, but he didn't catch it by the rule of, of, of what we're talking about. That was the same one he got away with against San Francisco. But Justin, we also said on TV, if you're sitting at home, that's a catch. Okay. All of us watching football, he caught the football, mm. but the way that they apply the rules in the NFL with the standard catch the ball, survive the ground, right? Make sure the ball doesn't move all of those things. By that standard, he didn't catch it, nor did he catch against San Francisco. Just San Francisco didn't challenge it. But again, all of us watching the game, and that's where the NFL has a, and I'm doing air quotes, guys, has an issue, Mm -hmm. is that what looks like a play to all of us may not be a play by the letter of the law. And the letter of the law can sometimes really, really screw it up. But go back to the one out in the flat when, uh, I forgot who called the ball for Philadelphia, but got blasted. Bolton picks that one up and runs it in. It looks like a touchdown for Kansas City. Not a catch. Mm. Philadelphia survived that one, right? They decided it wasn't a catch. He didn't have possession because he didn't possess the ball and make a football move. How many times have you guys heard that one used, right? And guess what? By letter of law, he didn't. But that was a huge play for Kansas City that got wiped away as well. So I didn't think that, you know, when you put it all together, I thought the teams decided it on the field. But, you know, when you have a call in the last minute and a half of a game that gets magnified and it's understandable. But one more time, James Bradbury at the podium last night. Yeah, I hooked him, but I thought they'd let me get away with it. <laughs> what more do we need to talk about? We're done here. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a game of too many errors, but the one that hurts Jalen Hurts the most is the one that ultimately changed the, the script of this game. He was the best quarterback, maybe the best player all night long, and he doesn't get an opportunity to win the big yeah. game, which has been a storyline we've heard from his career before. But I, I don't put too much on him. I mean, the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs scored on every single drive in the, in the second half. But nonetheless, <laughs> does this give us a little bit more of a moment to appreciate who Jalen Hurts is and who he can be with the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. team? It does, Alish, absolutely. And his ceiling now, we can't determine what it is. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more and more and more of him, you know. Quick trace of him, right? Huge recruit, Alabama, SEC player of the year as a freshman, all right? Dude was unbelievable, okay? He goes and plays in the national championship game, gets pulled at halftime because he's inaccurate throwing the football. That's a real issue, right? Tua Tungvaloa comes in makes a game-winning throw in overtime to beat Georgia. Sits the whole next year behind Tua. Phenomenal teammate. Absolutely great. But realizes, hey, if I want to play, i got to go somewhere else. Was planning to go to Maryland or somewhere else, and Nick Saban called him in and said, dude, go to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley's a quarterback maker. That's where you need to be. You need to throw the football, be accurate, do these things. Goes Oklahoma, rest is kind of history, isn't it? Phenomenal. Runner up for the Heisman, right, or third and high, whatever it was. All-American, the whole deal. Guess what? He's still a second-round pick, and he was picked for insurance. Remember? Hard to believe, right? But he was not picked to beat out Carson Wentz. He was picked because that year in the playoffs, Philadelphia's backup quarterback was Josh McCown, who was what? What did I say last night? 832 years old? Something like that. Maybe he was 932 years old, okay? (laughs) And he was awful in that game. And they had no shot. And they're like, we got to have a backup. And that's why he was drafted. And look at what he's done. He's ascended. Go back and trace his career every year and look at his numbers. They get better and better. But when you look at the numbers, look at the team record every year. Just think about this, guys. He started his career as a starter, if you want to do the baseball thing. Six and ten. Okay? He was a starting quarterback. Team's record was six and ten. Mm-hmm. 
You know what it's been since then, counting last night? 19-3. and three. Okay? That was his second loss of the year as a starting quarterback last night. He's 14-2 and two on the season. This kid has a level that he can keep getting to because of all of his multifaceted talents, and we saw them all on display last night. And unfortunately, the field became an issue, too, because he slipped on the last throw, so we don't know if he could get the Hail Mary down there and have, to have a chance to tip it and go. But he was sensational. Wasn't his fault. And I'll leave you with this, guys. The team that led the league in sacks by a monster margin, Philadelphia Eagles, had no sacks last night. Kansas City Chiefs were the number two team in sacks in the regular season and then through the playoffs. I think it was less. I think they were not within 15 of the Eagles. How about that? All right. Mm. They had the only two sacks of the night last night. And you know what was really weird? On neither sack did Jalen Hurts go on the ground. He just scrambled out of the pocket and took a loss with someone in pursuit, and that counts as a sack on the right. stat sheet. So the two sacks that happened last night, the quarterback never even got hit. It's funny because we were expecting the game was, you know, the, the script was great quarterback, legendary quarterback, the quarterback versus the best team, and it felt like it was that. Uh, but the only problem was yep. that Jalen Hurts was the quarterback and the Kansas City Chiefs were that best team last night. And it, it is contrary to what we expected, at least from the Eagles' supporting cast. Uh, last yeah. one for you, Charles. Like what? Yeah. What failed them? You mentioned you mentioned the the pressure that they couldn't get on Mahomes or the sacks that they couldn't accumulate on Mahomes. But it felt like in the trenches, it was supposed to be such an advantage on both sides for Philly, and it just didn't turn out to yeah. be that way. Yeah, and and, and it kind of went. I, I did a thing last week talking about where Kansas City, if they could move the ball on the ground, how would they do it? And I said, look, I don't think they can do it in the middle, all right? I don't think that they're going to move Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and then you roll in and Dominican Sue and Ball Joseph, you roll in Jordan Davis. I said it's going to be much more can they get to the perimeter. And it can't be all toss sweeps and all that because they take too long and filled up as fast on defense. Well, how did they get to the perimeter last night? You see how Kansas City adjusted with Pacheco and crew? They started running those off tackle and then bounce plays. And they did a really nice job. Now, did they chew them up running it? No, but they ran it well enough that all of a sudden Philadelphia, they had their attention. Because on the perimeter, Josh Sweat is a terrific pass rusher. Hassan Reddick, an elite pass rusher. But neither one of them is the greatest against the run. All right? That had not been much of an issue all year long. And Kansas City wasn't expected to run it much because that's just not their ML. But the adjustment they made in the running game and getting Pacheco going, Jarek McKinnon had a couple nice runs out there. And then what they did in the formations, because Travis Kelsey down the stretch, it's like a basketball game, guys. You put two or three on the best score and don't let that person beat you. Okay, that's your bottom line. Well, down the stretch, second half, they always had two or three in the area of Kelsey. Kansas City adjusted and ran the same play twice with two different people to score touchdowns with the motion. Motion one way, adjust the other, quickly get the ball to them. Every time if you stopped a freeze frame, there were two or three green shirts right there next to Kelsey. The other person was wide open. That was Kadarius Tony first, and then on the other side it was Sky Moore. Give Kansas City credit for adjusting their play calling as well. But Philadelphia normally doesn't let you run it that well. Guess what? It happened in this one, especially a team that's not known for running it. So that was a big change and a big transition last night. I thought it was an elite game on, on all levels. And here's the crazy part, folks. Kansas City will now open up the season at home on a Thursday night mm-hmm. to kick off the NFL schedule. 
Do you know who one of their opponents who is supposed to come to Kansas City next year is that could be chosen? The Philadelphia Eagles. We could have a rematch in the pre- in the season opener. Let's run it back. All right, Charles. Well, I hope that we get to chat with you uh, before that, but it's been a great season. Thanks so much for joining us every week. We've loved it. You're our favorite, and we'll miss you over the next while, but get some uh, hard-earned rest, all right? Uh, all right. You guys keep doing what you're doing because you're the elite ones, okay? <laughs> I appreciate you so much. Thank you very much, Justin. It's been a blast getting to know you, and oh. thank you for joining Alish and, and forming the top team that I know. Oh, thanks, And um, I know one other thing, Justin. Do me a favor. Keep an eye on this young lady, all right? We need to keep her regal. Yeah, that's okay? right. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we've done the table diving now. That's it. If I hear about hockey, I'm cool with hockey. All right. But I don't want to hear any more table diving and all the rest of it, all right? Because you should play hockey. It's in your blood and you're great at it. Both of you should still be out there. But thank you guys for being great, Timmy. It's been a wonderful season. I hope we get a chance to use Justin's words. Justin's words. Let's run it back next year. I hope so. Thanks, Charles. Safe travels. Thanks, Charles. And enjoy some downtime. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. For the last time. I'm swooning too. Charles Davis, NFL and CBS <laughs> color analyst, our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Can you? There is a void can you pull in my heart. <laughs> Are you emotionally Such prepared? A wonderful soul. We have been very lucky to have him all season long. Thanks, Daniele, for keeping him in the repertoire. If we can secure him for next year, send him a message right now. He wants to be a part of the team. Keep it going. Run it back. Whew. All right. It's time for some to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. All right. Dial it in here. It's NHL trade time. All right. Move over, NBA, because things are rumbling and mumblings. Mm. <clears throat> As reported by our own Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman on Saturday's edition of 32 Thoughts, which was coming at a great time during the Leafs game, which is starting to fall off the rails. Everyone was like, all right, tune in to this intermission because there might be news. That might um, have to do with Toronto Maple Leafs because shout out to the Arizona Coyotes who are a winner for me because they straight up just said Jacob Trickern's not playing because of, quote, trade-related reasons. Like, don't even try to lie to us about a lower body injury. Just say it. We're going to trade mean, this guy. It's time. We've been talking about Chikrin for a long but time. But to come though. out and say that as your reasoning, not just like in disclosed if personal reasons. If they don't reasons, trade Chikrin, it's it worse than today. Masai Ujiri <laughs> yeah. not moving a single Raptor. Anyway, so they announced that they're going to put him out of the lineup for trade-related reasons. Great. So this is happening during the Leafs game. There's like dubious camera. At one point, he's looking at his phone and was like, they completed the trade. Anyway, mm. they obviously did not yet, but Merrick and co. reported that the Oilers and the Leafs were not involved in this potential deal for Chikrin. But then we hear that the LA Kings might be linked to him. Our own Nick Kiprios reporting that Sunday, the two teams were discussing a trade centered around the 2021 eighth overall pick Clark, who we know... Mm-hmm. Brent Clark. And then Elliot reports that Eric Carlson could be, I know your eyes just lit up. You're swooning for that one. Mm -hmm. Lots going on here. Let's play um, Friedman on the Oilers pursuit of Carlson. 
The Edmonton Oilers have made it clear that one of their key acquisitions here towards the playoffs is going to be a puck-moving defenseman. And here's the thing about Carlson. For this to work, he's got to be about a 6 to $7 million player for the Oilers. Now, his salary for the next four years is $11.5 million. So basically what Edmonton, if they're going to do this, they need San Jose to eat about four to $4.5 to $5 million in that range. The other thing, too, is Carlson's willingness to go to Edmonton. Look, a bunch of guys were just together at the all-star game maybe there was some arm twisting who knows but i think until the math works i don't know if the rest of the deal can work if it's not carlson uh, i do wonder if the oilers look at another coyote and that is shane goss uh you you emotionally unprepared to say goodbye to charles i'm emotionally unprepared for eric carlson to wind up in edmonton i think it would just be so much fun to see him paired with those two guys it would be awesome i hope it happens I hope they make the money work. I hope Carlson goes anywhere, but the Oilers, I think, would be at the top of my list in terms of what would be interesting and fun. But the Chikrin stuff, like, a little buzz, you're right, with headlines. Like, they kind of keep in their words. Clo- no well, tweets are coming Dustin out. it was Dustin Brown night, so I thought... Yeah, that's what I thought. They're like, not going right, to announce right a trade during said, Dustin, it's Dustin Brown, Brown night. night. No. Oh, I'm, he's going to L.A. tomorrow. Yeah. He's going to be an L.A. king. And then Chikrin it's the Super Bowl, be, so you wait another day. I guess, but I guess they, maybe they want more fanfare. So maybe it is coming, but there was some uh, some indecisiveness of whether or not Brant Clark was involved. Anyway, it makes all the sense in the world for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Merrick's explanation made all the sense in the world if you're reading through the lines or uh, reading between the lines because he didn't outright say it, but they didn't, you know, they, they had an excuse for not saying it. It made a lot of sense that Chikrin would wind up there. So if those two are moved, it's going to obviously add to the festivities. It's going to change the complexion, certainly of the Pacific Division, mm-hmm. if Carlson and Chikrin end up there. Uh, we're getting going here. We're still, what, three weeks away, three and a half weeks away from the deadline, yep. but we got some major pieces that are maybe inching toward a trade and that'll be fun we could have got some of that information today with frank cervelli who joins us every monday but danielle oh, don't call him out Dan- well no i'm saying he's a winner danielle sent him a message yesterday and he goes oh sorry buddy about the super bowl licking his <laughs> wounds though philly guy yeah. 99 days between yeah, world tough. series loss and super that's bowl a loss loser in mine. that's so, tough sorry yeah. for using your stat poor guy um Still got to go witness the Super Bowl, so a winner yeah. and a loser. But we would have had him this Frank's morning. Right. We'll we'll fill him in um, sometime this week. We'll obviously have Jeff, and maybe by then we'll have some real trade news because a couple days from now, maybe they make things official. But not yet. The rumblings are happening. Uh, we're going to take a break and do winners and losers on the other side. Send in your wake and rake submissions. You've got a full day of NBA, a half day of NHL. No Toronto teams in action, so get creative. We'll get through all that at 8.30, and I have now completed the grading for our Super Bowl prop sheet. You got it done. It's complete. I know where you stand, and I know where I stand, and I know who our winner is. You have to wait till 8.30 I I for that. I stand. Yeah, you, you did not win. Spoiler <laughs> alert. All right, all that on the other side of the break. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Winner, Rihanna. End of list. <laughs> All right, now time for uh, <laughs> Ross Tucker. <laughs> uh, she was a winner. She's a winner in my eyes. She braved heights. She looked great. She did that mean mug 
into the camera, which will forever be a meme for us. Uh, apparently, that was straight into the eyes of Charles Davis, the meme mug. That's right. Wow. He was, yeah, I mean, that, speaking he of charm, charmed existences. of that, eh? Charles Davis being eye level with that performance wow. with Rihanna. Top of, I always mess up the name, State Farm Stadium. I can't get yes. that right. And I Doesn't should because State Farm, Patrick Mahomes, end of game call. I'm just saying. Winner ASAP, Rocky for forever. Getting back on it ASAP. Not just this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Biggest loser for me. Let's start it off. I need to get this off my chest. The kick of Destiny and Gronkowski was just an absolute uh, No, apparently there's... Fraud. They, apparently he got it in. Justin, that's why. This whole event okay, go. I was legitimately a scam to us, okay? Because first of all, I he thought... I thought he was going to be on the field. Yes. This is why this is a massive loser. First of all, it was supposed to be on the field at halftime. No, they filmed... It, it was supposed to be or... That's how it was proposed okay, to okay. us. We all went into this thinking Rob Gronkowski is going to get strutted out at halftime to do the kick of destiny, and it's going to be 60,000 people watching, the world watching live, et cetera. No, just kidding. It's filmed in some random location in Arizona on the smallest football field I've ever seen in my life. It it looked fake with 20 people watching, um, anticlimactic. This is it. He kicks it. And this gust of wind last second rips it before the uprights. But I paused it and looked at it like four or five times, and I really couldn't tell if it went in or not. I was sure it went in, but his reaction was that it didn't go in. But then the fireworks go off, and honestly, we're all left being like, what a waste of the last four weeks of watching this stupid commercial. (laughs) And that's what you give us. It sucked. And you know what? Rob Gronkowski doesn't usually, like, not deliver He's a great character, and I thought, that was sad. It sucked. It did suck. It was really bad. It should have. It was like Everything a great idea, it. too. If they just put him on the field. And I know there's like. Again, the, at State Farm. It would have been awesome. Even confused. There's like interviews with him where he says, I thought we were going to do it on the field, and all of a sudden it's it's not. It's in some random location pre-taped. You know what was really was annoying, too? Live? We, how many commercials of this sports book did we watch and, yes. and witness? And it seemed like they like bat, bat, bought half a Super Bowl ad because it was so quick. Like if you blinked, you missed that. That was the thing. I thought it was going to be part of the actual performance. And it was in the third quarter on a random commercial. And good, good thing we get it here in Canada because we don't get any of the commercials. I would have preferred to not see it actually. Anyway. It was brutal. I was very disappointed with the kick of destiny. Okay. My biggest winner of the weekend. I mean, it's hard to not pick. Pat Mahomes, mm. Andy Reid, maybe Jalen Hurts, even in a loss could be considered a massive, massive winner. But did you see George from Detroit? Yes. Did you see George? Well, George. He is my big winner of the weekend. I think it happened on the weekend. I saw it on the weekend. I did. I saw the I TikToks. It was Saturday. I saw the Instagram. It was awesome. This kid couldn't have been what? Five? Yeah, five years I'm not old? good with judging how old kids Me are. Me neither. But I, think, I would say five, six. Full head of hair on him. He's on the Jumbotron. There's a sign behind He's him. so cute. This is my first ever NHL game. And they have this little, like, bit, in arena bit at Little Caesars Arena where they show him and then they show fans of the Vancouver mm-hmm. Canucks. And it increases in intensity and interest because this kid perfectly plays, his, plays up to the camera 
and plays the role of this like, oh, you cheer for this person or you cheer for this and you boo every Canucks fan. And every single time they put him back on camera, he was better and better at the bit. He was completely nails. He was awesome. He was hilarious. If you haven't seen George from Detroit, either TikTok, Instagram, you got to find so it. Good. It was maybe the best in arena NHL thing I've ever seen. It was hilarious. George from Detroit, my big winner of the weekend. And they can be a bigger winner if they like continue to have this kid involved in something. He's got to be at every game. He's got to be he was just rolling fla- in the dressing room. I guess I should say what he was doing. He was just like flashing hilarious looks at the camera and, so and playing up the camera perfectly. It was it was really funny. Um, winner, Drake. The Drake curse Ooh. is over. I don't know. Hard to watch Rihanna and think that Drake's a winner in any way. That's true. Money is no he thing to him. He $700,000 on the Chiefs. And they won, and you know about the Drake curse, where every single team he beats against and bets against loses. So yeah. maybe we're tiptoeing into the Drake curse being maybe lifted, but he wants some good money. But you know, tough. Like with all the context, it's just like, dude, you might have messed up. On the other you side of that, up. I remember. I think it was earlier last week. I set up the guy on Reddit who has predicted every single Super Bowl champion for the last sixteen Ooh, years. Right, right, right. That curse was established? Once again, he lost. Oh, yeah, he lost. Right, right, right. 16 consecutive Super Bowl losing picks. Wow. He predicted with his heart out that it was going to be the Philadelphia Eagles that would win the Super Bowl. And for 16 straight years, this guy, his name is Justin Cuthbert. No, Reddit (laughs) user something else. But nonetheless, he... Ring around the Rosies live forever, by the way. Oh, God. Uh, my another big winner for me, Alexander Volkanovsky. I don't know if you watched this fight on the weekend. No. But the two pound-for-pound pound best fighters in the UFC met, which means, uh, and they're two champions, one lightweight, one featherweight. The featherweight, clearly, if you're facing one of the pound-for-pound pound fighters or best fighters in the world, like, it's a, it's a tall task. Those 10 pounds that are the difference between those two guys, that should mean the difference in the fight if they are the two best in the world. However... This was a five-round fight, but if it was longer than that, if it was to the death, the little guy would have won. He came on so strong at the end of the fight. There's an argument for him winning three of the five rounds. I actually thought there was a chance they were going to give it to him because he's Australian. It was in Australia. He was, if you watch that fight and you're just like, who won? Mm -hmm. You just watched it without round-to-round scoring. You'd be like, oh, Alexander Volkanovsky won. So he emerges as from that fight as the bigger winner than Makachev, who sort of loses a little bit of his like mystique and luster. He's the next Khabib. He's supposed to be the Mm -hmm. guy that terrifies everyone. And then this guy who's smaller, 10 pounds. And when they looked at each other, he's staring at his chin rather than straight eye eye to eye. Like (laughs) this little guy and and little guys are ridiculous because he's the pound for pound best fighter in the world and Mm -hmm. amazing. The way he fought was just absolutely superb. And he won over so many fans despite the loss. It's Jalen Hurts-esque in that he lost but was one of, if not as big of a winner as the actual winner who did retain his lightweight title. So if Alexander Volkanovsky won over tons of fans, including me, he's a big winner from the weekend. Okay. Massive loser. The city of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. They have had a pretty tough stretch here. Phillies lost the World Series. The Union lost the, lost the MLS Cup. The Eagles lost the Super Bowl. That's a tough stretch to go down. Thinking thoughts and prayers to anyone that lives in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, loser, grass-growing innovation. Ugh, 
grass uh, in general. Yeah, we know what happened with the grass. The grass was brutal in Arizona. It was brutal at the Super Bowl. It was a big part of the game. Unfortunately, uh, the game was too good to be bogged down by the grass. But grass growing and grass innovation, not a good day uh, for the agriculture industry. I don't know. Maybe getting too cute with that. Anyway, another <laughs> loser, Patrick Kane. So uh, Vladimir Tarasenko last week goes to the Rangers and Patrick Kane shows up and he's been doing some talking this year, but pops off and says, yeah, really disappointing to see Tarasenko end up in New York Mm because that's kind of where, and I'm paraphrasing, I wanted to go. Patrick Kane has been telling us he's going to make his decision for months. So do it, buddy. First it was December 1st. Then we're going to talk at Christmas. Then we're going to talk when we get back from the new year. Maybe we'll talk before the All-Star break. This guy is so indecisive, refuses to make up his mind. If he said at the start of the year, I want to play nowhere but New York. It would have been done. I want to be a blue shirt. He would have been a a, a New York Ranger. Now Vladimir Tarasenko's a Ranger, and he's paired up with Artemi Panarin, another winner for the weekend because he scored four goals on Mm -hmm. Saturday. Uh, you could have had it, Pat. You decided to just sit on your hands. You decided everyone to wait for you. No one's waiting for you in the NHL. Patrick Kane, a loser this week. I had the New York Rangers and the duo of Panarin and Tarasenko as massive winners on mm-hmm. my list, too. And for everyone watching and has futures bets on the Rangers, because that looks like a good team. One trade, and you have completely changed the chemistry between those guys and it is awesome to see they look like they're having fun too they're playing a lot better even before tarasenko yeah. it's like they earned that deal what and now boost. they look even better uh they're uh they're on a good path right now for okay. sure okay um massive winner nate burleson f- in front of the show by the way mm-hmm. listen to what he said pre-game on the panel if i had to bet on one man i would bet on andy reed i do believe he is going to coach his best game that we've ever seen it will be creative. It will be fun. It will be explosive. I have the Chiefs winning this 38-35. First wow. one, Nate, and Patrick Mahomes will be the MVP. Have... Did you hear Damn. that? I have the Chiefs winning 38-35. All those little ding check marks are correct. He went three for three with his predictions. Uh, Patrick Did we Mahomes, have him right before or right after the AFC champion and we NFC had championship games? teeing up this weekend. Did we? Last, Last week. week. God, we should have what asked a for guy. a score prediction. I know. We could have been the viral clip. Anyway, to come out and just pick the score like that, to pick it, especially because, as Travis Kelsey reminded us, nobody picked the Chiefs. Put some respect <laughs> yeah. on our name. No, someone picked the exact score, Travis. And the entire panel beforehand did pick all Eagles, did they not? I mm. uh, didn't see it, but I'm not sure. They did, and I, I think that's sure. what he's referring to, but the entire season, nobody was betting against you. Okay, chill. Well, that was the, I guess that was CBS panel. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, Whatever. how can you, you can't act like that if you're the Chiefs. You're the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the new Patriots. It's not like you were the Giants. It's hard to be. Yeah, you're not un, uh, hard done by if you are the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, another winner is Nick Taylor. Waste management open. Oh, they were my next pick. They were your next pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can elaborate on Nick Taylor, but this guy, you know, he loses to Scotty Scheffler. They're in the final pairing. He's playing, not even a pairing, final, final threesome, playing with John Rahm as hey, well. What a head-to-head. And, like, he couldn't keep up with Scotty Scheffler, but he played really, really well. Uh, all the credit in the world. And this is now a premium uh, event on tour where the purses went the, up. Oh yeah, because of I wondered the if that would stuff. affect the excitement of like if people were going to be a bit more reserved, but they weren't. No, no, not at all. I they were pumped. they were worse. It's going to be worse every year because they've cultivated that sort of atmosphere, which <laughs> I love. But it's uh, a little out of hand at some uh, some moments. But Nick Taylor kept his nerve. 
wasn't sort of uh, intimidated by the situation mm-hmm. and the, the group that he was in. Thought he played well, acquitted himself very nicely and takes home a big fat check for I his troubles. I had him and Adam Hadwin kind of tied together. They both almost aced 16. It was just a good weekend for Canadian golf. In general, great weekend for Arizona. Mm-hmm. Would have been an absolute time to be anywhere around those two. There was a streaker at Waste Management that managed to go throughout multiple holes and then belly flop into a pond in the water. Yeah. Outrageous. Um, not sure that that's on my list of places to attend. Oh, I'd love to go there. That's a bucket list item on the final day. I like to go like a Thursday, Friday, because I don't think I could go four or five days in that environment without crawling my way out the door. (laughs) Like you're under the beating sun. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not too bad. There's videos of them crushing pints at 4am in line to get in. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't think there's rules there. There, I don't I, think no, I would survive. It's a lawless society for sure. Uh, good weekend for Canadian golf. Bad weekend for Canadian soccer. Uh, oh, that was my Soccer too. Canada is an absolute joke. No, they're like an embarrassment. They are the to thing that is going to keep this country from achieving the sort of standard that is possible mm-hmm. because they cannot see that a little bit of an investment might go a long way, especially when you already have return on your dollar. The Canadian women have given this organization everything, have been their lifeblood for years while the men lagged behind. They are defending Olympic champions and they are getting penny pinched at every turn. The Canadian women tried to make a stand. The Canadian men joined them in uh, a united united front across the board. They weren't going to do this until this happened. And Soccer Canada responds by Ugh. threatening legal action against, against the their defending, own players. Against their own players, the defending Olympic champions. It is an embarrassment. The people who run this federation and who continue to try to keep Canadian soccer down. It really, really was disappointing to see more drama after what we've seen from both the women and men over the last 24 months or so the growth should be almost unstoppable Mm -hmm. but the federation their own federation is doing everything they can to suppress these athletes and shout out to the unity on both sides as well and for the players to just blatantly say like this is bs we are being lied to we are going to continue to play because we're being forced to like they're not just going to go quietly into this they're months away from the world cup this is a huge statement for them to say we're not playing. Like, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of guts. So. But then when you th- are, have legal action threatened it's against garbage. you, they can't do anything but just like, okay, we'll go and train. Like, it's, it's really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got one more loser. Do you have any more? Uh, yes. It's a, a coin flip on both sides. Sirianni, loser for his pregame tears. During, he's, Chris, he's a cornball. Chris Stapleton's anthem was moving, but... He was standing there bawling his eyes out. But winner, us, because that meme and that video will (laughs) never die. I saw it used by every single person on Twitter yesterday. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Everybody had their own spin. I think that that united the sporting community against your buddy, Mean Mug and Sirianni. It was like Sirianni knew. The result you would be heartbreaking. You know he knew. I texted you right away. No, it would be like he knew that they were going to lose in heartbreaking fashion. Oh, I thought you meant because he was like, it's going to be my moment. He's just, he's too much for me. Corn he's too ball. much for me. I'm glad there's more evidence that he is a cornball because I've always thought that he's a cornball. Yep. Uh, Roger Goodell is a big loser as well. Uh, the Damar Hamlin story, obviously unbelievable, heartwarming. To see him still thriving as an individual is really all we could ask from this mm-hmm. NFL season. But the way that the NFL 
is trying to use it as like this positive story where they can put Roger Goodell in a good light, him sitting beside Donna Kelsey and DeMar Hamlin at the Super Bowl. Like, I'm really, really happy DeMar Hamlin was at the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, that he can enjoy it. How about you let him enjoy it and not have him propped up beside right. Roger Goodell in the seats? Like, he he should be given the opportunity to be here and to be celebrated and to share his inspiration and all that stuff. But let him enjoy the Super Bowl and Roger Goodell could find someone else to sit beside. Couldn't agree more. Love it. Um... Brian Dayball, our buddy, winner. Even though he wasn't there, he was NFL asked. NFL coach of the year. He well that alone, but he was asked what he was doing this weekend after winning coach of the year. He said, "I'd rather be playing, but I'm going to sit back, eat a tray full of nachos, drink a six pack, and then I'll start my diet." <laughs> I'm Sounds like, like everybody this morning. <laughs> yeah. He's just like us. Big guys uniting in uh, diet starts tomorrow. I, think I did I, have nachos last night, actually. Yeah, there and go. I think I've done a really good job at mastering the layering. It's really? so important. It's the it's the only thing that it's it's the critical. Like I item. take a good twenty minutes prepping those nachos. What's the key? What's the secret? On tin foil, that way the bottom ones don't get stuck to the tray. Okay. You do one layer of chips, one layer of cheese as an adhesive, and you put some ground beef in between. A little cheese adhesive? Oh, buddy, yeah, the adhesive so is So two important. layers of ground beef? Multiple layers of meat. Okay. Multiple layers of cheese. Plus, at the end... Stack that bad boy up. Uh, I do a little bit of uh, green onion, a little bit of tomato, green pepper, nothing. You don't want to overdo it. Like, don't get too much here. This isn't no. a salad. And you do it all, a nice temperature in the oven, but then at the end, if you broil it real quick, adds that extra oomph, that crunch on top, buddy. The nachos were pretty good, I'll tell you that. It's a regal move, the cheese adhesive. What else is it there for? <laughs> you want to pull those nachos apart and see the yeah, cheese. Yeah, you do. You do. You definitely do. So I thought I did really well with my nachos. No, I. Uh, if it had the adhesive, then yeah, I bet you did. I did a last-minute pierogi purchase. Eh, I kind of regret that. It's a bit random. Yeah, well, they were, they were low on stock at 3 p.m. when I decided to have people over for the Super Bowl at the grocery store. Hey, I love a good pierogi. And it was fine because I tried to air fry the pierogies, but you really should have boiled them and then pan fry them. But it was like the third quarter, and I'm not going to start oh, so pan frying pierogies. Frozen to air fryer? Yeah, it was, that, was, that was a tough move. Yeah, it's a bit of a But I was low on options, and... There was in the third quarter here. I didn't have time to pan fry with bacon bits and onions as my brother suggested. I mean, that's the way to do it. I know, but okay, Jordan. Well, you guys, as long as you have the nachos, you were fine. All right, we'll fit some more in maybe at the Wake and Rake. We do have that at 830. I do have the winner of our prop sheet, our very first annual fan morning show Super Bowl prop sheet. It has mm-hmm. been calculated. The scores have been tallied. You will hear that at 830. You will have to send in your wake and rake picks, though, as well, okay? Please do that. Um, We have Ross Tucker on the other side of the break joining us. It'll be our last Ross Tucker conversation as well. We're just dumping and changing. Move on to baseball, hey? full of farewells. (laughs) It's a sad day. Ross Tucker on the other side of the break.